This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the Kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another post-game live here on Time Dropper for the 2023-24 season. Live from Los Angeles, as always. Before we get started, you already know the drill. Make sure you subscribe and are subscribed to Dime Dropper on YouTube. Hit the notification bell so you know every single time we post a video or go live. And of course, you can also listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And follow your boy on social media at Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. And if you're a Clipper fan or if you want to just support your boy, subscribe to Locked On Clippers on YouTube part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tonight, one game, just one game. I already did basketball on Figueroa, so for my Laker fans out there that are thirsty for content on this channel about the Lakers, we went over them very thoroughly in basketball on Figueroa, and I will continue to do lives on the Lakers. I've just been really busy lately. But yeah, check that out. It just came out today with Edwin, episode 15. Tonight, we're just going to be talking about Clippers Wizards, and then I'm also going to be ending the episode by talking about the Asian Cup and the African Cup for all my soccer fans because I remember um, saying I remember saying that I want to get more into the international soccer scene in terms of on this channel. I'm always, I've always been into the soccer scene, period, but I want to slowly get into it on this channel. So anyway, let's start with the Clippers, right? Playing the Wizards. We actually load managed Paul George tonight. He has that groin injury. He's been acting up lately. So we gave him a rest night. And you know what? I'm actually not mad at it. It's against the Wizards. Kawhi and James Harden are fine. Russell Westbrook is fine. We can afford to load manage Paul George against Washington. And here's the thing. We weren't the only ones load managing tonight. Nikola Jokic in Denver did not play. And they took an L. So the Clippers are ahead of the Denver Nuggets in the standings now, which is awesome. Uh, this game was actually uh, a tale of two halves. The first half, the Wizards were actually in it. They didn't have Jordan Poole in this game, but I thought you could see their youth and athleticism showing. Of course, they just fired Wes Unsell Jr., and their interim coach is 2-1, two 2-2 and one, two and two now. Brian Keefe. Funny, I had a guy that was uh, in my frat named Brian Keefe. He was in my pledge class, but then he uh, dropped, uh, just vanished off the face of the earth. So that's pretty hilarious to me. It's spelled exactly the same way as this guy. Wasn't into sports at all. So funny. But it could be Phil Jackson coaching this Wizards team. They're not very good. Uh, Kyle Kuzma got off to a crazy start, though. He was going off in the first quarter. We started out with Harden guarding him and then Kawhi, and he was scoring on both, to be honest. He had 14 points in the first, but we had some good first quarters from our guys. James Harden hit a three. Got to the basket a couple of times. Kawhi Leonard had 11 points in the first. Amir Coffey had 10 points in the first. It was 37-35. to 35. I'm sorry, James Harden had two threes in the first quarter. It was 37-35 to 35 after one. Uh, Bilal Koulibaly, I was pretty impressed with him. His athleticism, his defense. There was one time where he pickpocketed James Harden when he was dribbling up the court. That's the second time... James Harden has gone pickpocketed this entire season. He doesn't really lose the ball like that. He does not get cookied like that. But Bilal Koulibaly did it. That was pretty impressive. Also, another thing I noticed with James, 
when he shoots that little uh, step back three or that, you know, snatch back three that he does, sidestep, and misses, I like that he holds his follow through, but he kind of steps forward. And oftentimes, he doesn't get back and he's, you know, leaving his man who was guarding him susceptible or leaving us as a team susceptible to the outlet pass and the runaway. So watch for that. When James Harden misses that shot, sometimes he gets beat down the floor and it ends up being an easy basket for the other team if they can throw that outlet. Not a pretty first quarter, as I said. Just too many points. Plumlee was getting bitched. I mean, he got dunked on by Gafford. They were getting rebounds on him. Uh, But thankfully, Norman Powell, you know, he came in, started lighting it up. Uh, I thought Russ in the first half defensively was pretty suspect, not getting around screens, just kind of watching things. That's not the Russell Westbrook that I know this season defensively. Uh, One thing I thought was really interesting, Brandon Boston Jr. got some minutes tonight in real time, not just garbage time, because, of course, no Paul George. And remember, Vita Zubat's still out. But we've got Brandon Boston playing, right? I've always said you can't just judge him off those garbage minutes where he's just chucking up shots, fresh off the bench, out of rhythm, and inefficient. It goes like one for five, and then we're like, oh, he's not very good because he can't even score in garbage time. If you actually look at the games that Brandon Boston has played for us, games with real meaning that he's actually getting minutes that matter in the scheme of the game, real rotation minutes, He's been pretty good on both ends of the floor. Yes, he's skinny, but he's got great activity in the passing lanes. And I think that every time I've watched him play over the last, like, two seasons, maybe even he was a rookie yet in 2021-22. Honestly, every season, he is – actually, you know what? I will say the last two seasons. He's in tune defensively. Like, he's paying attention. He's got his hands active in the passing lanes. I thought tonight he had some really good moments of one-on-one defense and some great contests. And offensively, he was attacking the basket. And I think it's better when you have him, you know, around some other good players where he can feed off of them, attack some closeouts, not just have to ISO at the top of the key and just chuck up shots like in garbage time. Uh, There really is a good player in there. I know there is. The question is, will that player get an opportunity to showcase himself as a clipper. Definitely not this year. Going forward, I'm not sure. But I would really hope that he gets a chance to show that he's an NBA player, no doubt about it, and I think a good one, whether it's on this team or not. Because he is good, I'm telling you. I don't believe in that just coming in at the end of games when it's garbage time and chucking up meaningless shots and you missing, that that means you're a bad uh, NBA player and you're not great. I think getting real minutes every time he's been on the court, he has shown things. So I like the way Brandon played in this game. Overall in the game, he had 27 minutes, 12 points, three rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block, no turnovers on five for 11 shooting, one for two from three, one for two from the line. So that's pretty damn good. And I thought he played good defense in the minutes that actually mattered. In garbage time, we got smoked again. And I have to say, it's weird that we just keep getting smoked in garbage time over and over. But who cares? Our starters are literally not playing fourth quarters. And to be honest, I thought James Harden played a little too much of the fourth quarter in this game. Five minutes. Uh, three minutes too many in my eyes. Thankfully, Kawhi Leonard didn't touch the floor in the fourth. So that's great. Paul George obviously got a rest day. We got outscored 30-19 to 19 in the fourth. Who cares? We still win the game 125-109. to 109. We are 3-1 on this road trip. 
I'm sorry, four and one on this road trip because we beat Toronto, Boston. No, yeah, three and one. Three and one on the road trip. We got Detroit next. That should be four and one. I'll take it. I'll absolutely take it. Now, in the second quarter, I started to see some good stuff from James Harden and more good stuff from Kawhi. James Harden had a nutmeg pass. Like he threw it between someone's legs to Daniel Tice. I think it was Denny Avdia. Impressive indeed. Also, interesting stat. Great to see uh, the beautiful Christina Pink back on the sideline for the Clippers uh, tonight. No disrespect to the other guy who's doing a good job as well. Koulibaly. I'm sorry, not Koulibaly. She said, I don't know. I was reading something different in my notes. Christina said that we were leading the league in fast break points in the last five games. I thought that was a pretty interesting statistic. And that all starts with the defense. The defense that leads to the offense allows us to get out and push. And remember, you know, teams are going to shoot so many threes, long misses, long rebound. Let's go from there. And guys like James Harden have, and Russell Westbrook have done a good job of getting the ball and just going or throwing it up ahead. Ty Lue in this game went with a tiny lineup. And of course, he has the confidence to do this because we're playing against the Washington uh, Generals. But we went with Brandon, Terrence, Harden, Norm, and Russ. Terrence Mann basically playing the five. And it wasn't that bad. They actually got pretty scrappy and, and we took our biggest lead of the game at the time. Uh, Brandon Boston had some good defense. James Harden had a bunch of strips. Terrence Mann was getting feisty, getting physical. Corey Kispert was hitting, though. Um, but so was Kawhi Leonard, who had 19 points in the first half. Problem was the Clippers just couldn't defend very well, and I think part of that is Zubats being out, Paul George being out, being thinner on that front line, going smaller, and the Wizards just hitting shots at the time. Clippers outscored the Wizards 29-25 in the second to go into the halftime, uh, go into the half with a 6 point lead 66 to 60 and then the third quarter completely decided the game third quarter warriors was a thing back in the day not saying third quarter clippers is a thing but it was a thing in this game absolutely tightened up our defense i mean we're not doing anything that fancy plumley's in drop coverage against tyus jones we're switching one through four switching a lot especially when we're going to those small lineups with Tice on the floor, we're even switching him onto the perimeter at times. And we usually do that when we have confidence that they don't have a big that can take advantage of us uh, against a smaller guy when we switch that. Tighten up on D, and really Kawhi Leonard put the clamps on Kuzma, had a couple of nice shot contests. And everybody just, um, from Amir Coffey to Terrence Mann, to James Harden was really active defensively second half. And we were just pushing the ball off of their misses and turnovers. And it was lights out after that. James Harden threw a pass between his own legs uh, to Kawhi Leonard. And I guess, you know, Kawhi, he just continues to be amazing. Amazing. In this game, Kawhi Leonard, remember, he didn't even play the fourth quarter. 31 points, nine rebounds, four assists, four steals, one block, zero turnovers, and he was plus 23, tied for the highest of any player with Mason Plumlee, Kawhi Leonard, Easily the player of the game. Shot 14 for 25 from the field. One for four from three. So he's been kind of off from three lately, but I think he's due to bounce back in that regard. Two for two from the line. But how about the 14 for 25 from the field? 56%? We'll take that all day long. In 30 minutes of play, Wizards had no answer for him. Not many teams have much of an answer for him. Kawhi Leonard. 
How many times this season has he not played fourth quarters? I mean, seriously, when we want to talk about the stats, that matters. That matters. He played 30 minutes, though, so he still didn't play under 30 minutes. But that's really relevant. He's only averaging 24 points. That's going to go up a little bit after this game, so probably going to be 23.9 by the time you hear my voice again. Kawhi Leonard, it's just amazing to see him playing at such a high level. You know, we're 31 and 15 now, 46 games into the season. He's played 42 of them. He's already played more than half a season. And Paul George has only missed three games. James Harden and Russ haven't missed. And I'm still knocking. I'm still knocking, baby. It's amazing. But I just like the way we turned it on. We knew we could flip the switch on these guys. And we did. And it starts on defense. It starts when you want to clamp down defensively. And I also got to give credit to Mason Plumlee. As I, I criticized his defense a bit in the first half, but he was doing a great job on the boards. I remember there was and finishing around the basket. I remember there was one possession where he got us like two or three offensive rebounds, and it led to a basket or a foul. Uh, Mason was pretty good. Remember, he's just filling in for Zubats for the time being, and I think he's doing a very good job of that. As long as we're getting wins and we're still getting comfortable wins, not just against bad teams, we beat the Celtics, so he's doing his job. Five points, 11 rebounds, one assist, just one turnover. He was two for five from the field in 19 minutes. One of those included an and one from Russ, and he made the free throw. My favorite stat there, five offensive rebounds. So to prove my point, he was really active on the glass, and he's just a very good rebounder. James Harden, he was hitting shots. You know, they went under the screen a couple of times, and he knocked down a three. As I said, he had that between-the-legs pass. Kawhi was cooking. Norman Powell was cooking. Then towards the end of the third quarter, the man that got the Wizards to the playoffs last, Russell Westbrook, started putting on a show. And you could see, you know, I knew a couple of people that were at this game in Washington, D.C., and you could see behind the bench, there were some Clipper jerseys, mainly Russ jerseys in the crowd. And you could see the appreciation that that community has for him. I mean, it was only one year, and I'm still surprised that after that year, Russ wanted to leave. Guess he was really fiending LA and LeBron and Anthony Davis reeled him in hard. But I really enjoyed watching Russ in Washington. Um, he just it was able to do his thing. But it was amazing to see how loud they were for him. And he was starting to put on a show in that t- towards the end of that third quarter, posting up Tyus Jones. Then he had that pass to Kawhi Leonard where he could have gone up easily. Um, but and then he had that dunk. I mean, his athleticism is unbelievable. He had like two lob att- uh, lobs that he tried to put down and he went up with one hand. I would have loved to see if he could try to grab the ball with two hands there and throw it down. But the passes may have just been a little too high for him. Clippers were uh, not connecting on their lobs much in this game. Remember there was one where Amir tried to throw to Terrence, but I'm happy. I reminded myself about Amir. I mean, he was so good. He's been really good. You can make an argument. He's had a better season than Terrence. And see, that's another thing that's going to start coming up now. Because Amir is getting an opportunity to show himself. He's not actually that much worse than Terrence. I still think Terrence is better. But people are going to start making that argument now. Because they always do this. In 2022, they were doing the same thing too. But Terrence Mann's has proven to be more consistent over time. But Amir, he might be a better three-point shooter. I've always thought he was a better three-point shooter. Defensively, the gap is not... I mean, I'd take Terrence by a bit, but it's close. Amir has more size. Finishing... It's also very close. Terrence is just the better athlete. And I think he's a little bit smarter as well. But man, I'm really loving Amir Coffee. And again, it's just great to see homegrown guys getting a chance with the Clippers. And the Harden trade has actually opened it up for him. And remember, 
Amir Coffey was almost a member of the Washington Wizards. And that what would have given us Malcolm Brogdon. But it all worked out. I mean, James Harden is much better than Malcolm Brogdon. Amir Coffey in this game. Talk about making, uh, making an impact in his minutes. 17 points, ones across the board with a rebound, an assist, a steal, and a turnover. But 17 points on 5-for-7 shooting, 2-for-2 two two from 3, and 5-for-5 five five from the line. And, I mean, that's just what a absolute masterclass from the brewmaster. Is there anything else left to say? I mean, BBJ and Norm closed that third quarter, and the game was in the fridge by the fourth. 125-109 to 109 in favor of us. Is there anyone to even talk about on the bullets? I mean, on the generals. Corey Kispert at 16 points off the bench. They have Patrick Baldwin Jr. now, Marvin Bagley, Jules Bernard. Shout out UCLA. Fight on, baby. DeLon Wright, Johnny Davis from Wisconsin. Jordan Poole was out with a non-COVID-related illness. We still get these guys again on March 1st. I'll probably be at the game, but who knows. Bilal Koulibaly, though, I like that kid. He's good. I like the way he sits down on defense. Once he just starts getting the shot, let's see what he's shooting from three this season. He's listed at 6'8", 195, shooting guard. Oh, 39% from three? It's pretty good. Okay. He's a good player. He's a very good player. Only the seventh pick in the draft. So, high pick. He had 19 points in this game. Denny Avdia? I mean, I like Denny Avdia. But I don't know if he's a starter on a good team. This team is trash, man. The Wizards were trash last year. They were trash the year before. Only Russ made them decent. And I got to watch Denny Avdia a lot there. And I liked what I saw. That was his rookie year, though. 13 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists for him. Kuzma, I mean, he's already won a ring. He's getting paid. He's getting to shoot a bunch of shots and score. 27 points for him on 11 for 22 shooting in 29 minutes. And then the Clippers. I mean, Kobe Brown played some garbage minutes. He had a donut in 7 minutes. Bones Highland. Uh, was a minus 13 in five minutes. But let's talk about the nine-man rotation. Starting with the guy that got the least amount of minutes, and it was actually Mason Plumley. Already talked about his stat line. Then Amir Coffey. Already talked about his stat line. Daniel Tice. Better than uh, Mason, in my opinion, even though the plus-minus says differently. Oh, you know what? After the third quarter, I don't know if I can say that. They're about even. The plus-minus says differently, but I don't care about that. My eye test says that Tice was solid in his minutes. Four points, two rebounds, one steal, one block. At least not that much worse than Plumley. 20 minutes of play, 2 for 5 from the field, 0 for 1 from 3, didn't shoot a free throw. Russell Westbrook played 21 minutes. He had 9 points, 3 rebounds, 7 assists, no turnovers though. Love that. And the Clippers were very low turnover in this game, which I loved. Only 8 as a team. Washington had 13. And as a team, the Clippers shot 47%, 47 for 100. Wow, I get 100 shots off, that's good. Washington, 46%. They shot 31% from three. We shot 40% from three. So it's good to have a bounce back game from three. We didn't shoot well against Boston or Cleveland from deep. And then free throw line, only 67% for them. We shot seven more free throw attempts and we shot 86% from the line. We also won the rebound battle. We won the assist battle. We won the steals battle. So it was winning across the board. 125 to 109. How about Brandon Boston? So, by the way, yeah, good game for Russ. Nine points and seven assists in 21 minutes. You'll take that, even though he was four for 11. Only 0 for 1 from three. So, I like how he's not been shooting as many threes lately. One for two from the foul line. 
Brandon Boston, I already mentioned his stat line. I thought he was very good. I want to see what he shot in the fourth quarter because I think that kind of hurt his stats. Yeah, two for six in the fourth. And he played the entire fourth. So let's say you subtract that. That would be three, four, five. So yeah, I thought he was pretty good in those first three quarters. Fourth quarter, I barely was even paying attention. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Who have I missed that? Oh, Terrence Mann. Played 31 minutes. Didn't have the best scoring game, but he played good D. Does the little things. That's all you need. You just want to play, play good D. Doesn't take away from anybody. Six points, three rebounds, two assists on two for six shooting. 0 for three from three, though. So his percentage is going to go down just a little bit. Two for two from the line. I want to see what Terrence Mann's three-point percentage was going into this game. It was 30.5, so up to 31%. That's going to drop now, so he's going to be back to 30, but it is what it is. He, I have confidence that he's going to keep working that percentage up. James Harden, 13 strippers, Jay Harden. 25 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and 4 blocks. Wow, 6 stocks. He's got some of the best hands I've seen in a Clipper uniform. I saw Brian. I heard Brian Seaman's comment tonight, um, but I still think Chris Paul had better hands. I'm going to go with Rocco first, then CP, then Plumber Jim, then probably Kawhi after that. Yeah, and then probably Luke Bamute. That's my five. I think Elton Brand, not necessarily with steals, but he had good hands in terms of rebounding and blocks. Like He used to just grab it. Kawhi Leonard already mentioned him. 31 points, 9 boards, 4 assists, 4 steals. By the way, James Harden was 7. So 25, 9, and 5 with the 6 stocks. 7 for 15 from the field. 50% from 3. 5 for 10. And 6 for 6 from the line in 33 minutes. Very solid game from James. And Kawhi's my player of the game. And that's it for the Clipper portion of this episode. Before I talk about the African and Asian Cup, let's read some comments from the Loyalists in the chat. All right. So first, I want to talk about the Asian Cup. Now, Iran was playing Syria today in the knockout stage. If we win, we play Japan. Shout out to the Super Chat. Alexander Mitchell says, I want the Clippers to win the first seed and hold it. Appreciate you, man. It should have been a domination station. I was a little bit intrigued by the lineup that we started Taremi, Osmoon, and Jahanbash all. A little bit attacking. I like to see that because I'm so used to seeing Iran in the World Cup when they're parking the bus and just sitting back and absorbing pressure. But we're going at teams. However, I thought the build-up play was still a little slow from us. You know, a lot of times we had guys forward and could make forward passes and we're just being very conservative, just passing it around, pass, you know, backwards and sideways. I think we need to take a little bit more risks in attack. Went up 1-0 and I still wasn't confident because I didn't feel like we were going for the jugular. We need to make it 2-0 against these weaker teams. And we were playing with our food. Playing with our food. And then we concede a penalty. Bayran Van made a mistake when he studs up challenge in the box. We get scored on. And then my heart went into my throat. I don't even know what to say. Tarami with his yellow card for diving, by the way. And then knowing he's on a yellow, getting back. I know it might have been a clear goal scoring opportunity for them. But there was another Iranian defender coming back, and we still had Bayran Van to beat, and his angle wasn't that great. Knowing your value to the team, you get a second yellow and take a foul there, and now you have to miss the game if we win. Unbelievable. You're our best player. 
getting sent off. Terrible decision. Terrible. And now I was so nervous, but I will say, the resilience of this team to not get knocked out when they went down to 10 men and defend resolute, just like we used to see in the Kairos days, I was very impressed with that. And we took it to penalties. I hate penalties. I was so nervous, but we got it done. And I have to say, the penalty that Baydan Van saved, credit to him for going the right way, but it was a shitty pen. Syria, I got to give Syria credit. They were pretty good. I was impressed with them, the way they were passing the ball and stuff. But the fact that all our penalties were good, I mean, I was pretty impressed by that. So we went through. I was very nervous, very nervous. It would have been such a disaster if we had lost to Syria in the round of 16. I mean, no offense, but like we're much better than them. We're a World Cup team in three consecutive tournaments. So we're through. Thank goodness, but now we don't have Tarami for the next game against Japan. So we have South Korea, Australia. That's going to be a great game. Japan versus Tajikistan. Those are the two dark horses. And then you have Uzbekistan versus uh, Qatar. And Qatar, I mean, they are the hosts. So I think they're going to win that game. But I think the winner of Iran-Japan is going to go to the final from that side. And I think the winner of South Korea versus Australia is going to go to the winner of the other side. This is it. Japan. The biggest threat of them all. Iran and uh, Qatar are the only two teams that have won every single game that they've played. We're not going to have Taremi. So this is the chance for Sardar Osmoon to finally do something big for Iran in a tournament. He plays for all these big clubs, but when it comes to scoring goals in tournaments for Iran, he clucks up. He needs to do something big. This is his chance. He had that breakout Asian Cup in 2015. This is his chance. No Taremi. I think we have a chance. And I think we're going to see more of a defensive approach from Iran like we've seen in the World Cups because Japan is threatening and they've got guys like Mitoma and, you know, ugh. I'm a little nervous, man. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, this is such a good chance to win though. If we can beat Japan, we have such a good chance to take this home and it's every four years. So you just don't know how many chances you're going to get, but we'll see. I'm not that impressed with Iran so far performance wise though. I'm really not. I don't want to see Cheshmi starting at center back. I know he scored that goal against Wales and I'll thank him for that forever, but I don't want to see him starting against uh, Japan. I prefer Kanani if he's available. And then probably uh, Hosseini. Then Haj Safi on the left and Ramin on the right because Moharami tore his ACL. So. And Ezotolahi has to play, but I think that's a given. Um, also, Golizadeh, the way he played when he came in on the right wing, I was very impressed with him, taking players on. Uh, clearly very creative. Should he start over Jahan Bash? Is there a place for both of them on the pitch? Especially with the way Gayedi has played in this tournament. I would honestly put Gayedi on the left. And if, you had to, if I had to sub one of them out, Jahan Bash... Because I wasn't that impressed with him in this game. And then Golizade has to start. So we'll see. I'm going to be staying in tune for that Japan game. 3.30 in the morning on Saturday. So I'm going to be up. Now, the African Cup. Insane as it always is. Crazy upsets. Ghana didn't even make it out of the group. Shout out to Cape Verde. Insane. Tunisia didn't make it out of the group. And they had the same problem as they did in Qatar in the World Cup. They can't score goals. Algeria didn't make it out of the group because Mauritania beat them. And now Senegal and Morocco, the two best teams in Africa. Morocco, who made history making it to the semifinals of the World Cup, first African team to ever do it, gets knocked out by South Africa. 
2-0. And what a free kick that second goal by South Africa was. Insane. The African Cup just always shows, one, how unpredictable it can be, but two, the depth of Africa. They have so many good teams. Like, they don't have any great teams, really, but there's so many good ones. I'm shocked that Senegal lost. I mean, Ivory Coast had some home cooking. Senegal, I don't know how they didn't get a penalty. But Ivory Coast, and I used to love Ivory Coast. That was my initial first African team I loved. I used to root for them in the World Cups like they were my country. Like, I was from there because I loved Didier Drogba so much. Like, there's any player of any sport that I stan, Didier Drogba and Eden Hazard, for sure. I was, like, legit, like, a stan. Like, I love Didier Drogba. He's, like, one of my all-time favorite athletes ever. Top five, probably. And, of course, I love Yaya Torre, who, by the way, is an assistant coach for Saudi Arabia with Mancini now. That was wild. Yaya Torre on Saudi Arabia's coaching staff. I love those guys. And to see them win the African Cup over Ghana, who's the USA's nemesis in 2015, that was, like, amazing for me. I felt like an Ivorian native. And then I bounced to the Senegal bandwagon, like, a year after. And they won their African Cup after losing in the final to Algeria and then made it to the World Cup twice and made it to the knockout stage without Sadio Mane. So I love that. Now we got an insane final eight. We've got South Africa, Cape Verde, DR Congo, Angola, Nigeria, Mali, Guinea, and I forget the last team. But I want an Ivory Coast. I'm going with these. These are who I want to win in, the, in this order. DR Congo first. I don't know. When was the last time DR Congo? Have they ever won an African Cup? You got to think. All these French players, these African French players, so many of them are from uh, have Congolese heritage. You know, imagine if they played for DR Congo, how stacked their team would be. DR Congo has also produced some really good NBA players. Serge Ibaka, Dikembe Mutombo. Let's see how many times they've won the African Cup. Champions 1968 and 1974. So it's been a minute. It's been like damn near as long as Iran has been, um, you know, haven't won the Asian Cup. So 1968-1974 is when DR Congo's won. They haven't won in that long. I'm pulling for them. And also, yeah, Egypt getting eliminated by them. Second, I would probably root for Ivory Coast because that was just my, as I said, one of my favorites. And then Nigeria third, just because of the hype. You know, Nigeria has so many people and they care so much. So that would be cool if they won. But Mali, Guinea, like these teams are sleepers. I mean, I think DR, I hope DR Congo beats Guinea though. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. I can't believe Morocco and Senegal are out. But yeah, stay tuned for all that. I'll be talking about that, chiming in on that kind of stuff. Um, as I said, during the All-Star break, I'm going to be releasing my episode on how every team is doing and it's going to be timestamp. It's going to be great for now. Watch or listen to Basketball and Figueroa, me and Edwin talking about all things in Laker Clipper land over the last week. Thank you so much for listening.